Hello, and welcome to A Murderous Affair, the podcast where we talk about women in history known for mayhem and murder. My name is Gabrielle, and if you haven't noticed by the vast amounts of red and hearts and everything pink in every store everywhere, Valentine's Day is this week. So, let's celebrate this commercialist propaganda holiday by talking about a cult leader who murdered multiple people of her parish. Now, rumor has it that even though multiple people were killed in quote-unquote religious ceremonies, the murders we're talking about today somehow always managed to choose the ones who disagreed with her methods, refused to lend her money, or were interested in the men she was interested in. Her name was Sachiko Eto, and she's also known in Japan as the Drumstick Killer. But first things first, a couple announcements. So I am still currently working without any kind of editing software, so please excuse any errors or empty spaces or just general stuff that I should have edited out but I currently can't. Um, I am trying to do my best to make this as coherent as possible, but there may be a few times where I mess up. So just a heads up on that. Hopefully I should have a laptop that has editing software on it by this week so next episode we won't have to deal with this new way of recording that i've discovered um second announcement is that we officially have a murderous affair merch and if you guys haven't checked it out yet go to frumiusreads.com forward slash shop and you can check out the designs for t-shirts that we have based on the murderous affair podcast Um, and it's really cool and I'm really excited about it. So if you're interested in showing your love for the podcast that talks about women in history known for mayhem and murder, then go to frumiusreads.com forward slash shop. All right. Now let's talk about our resources. This episode was a little hard to find information for, mostly because a lot of the articles I came across were in Japanese, which obviously makes sense as these murders took place in Japan. But it means that any articles that were in English were basically Google translated. And obviously anytime you translate languages through like those online free third-party translators, you lose some info or it doesn't come across the same way. So I tried my best to make sense of what I got and use some of the English-based articles I was able to find to supplement the information. But I got some resources from the www.japansubculture.com website, which has an article on Sachiko Eto, as well as Express.com, the UK News World site, Um, Japan Times had a a translated to English article as well as the japansociety.org page um, which talked a little bit about the uh, punishment that Sachiko Eto ended up receiving. So if you're interested check out any of those sites and you can find out more information about her there. But let's get started. Sachiko was born roughly in 1947, and I had to do some math here because I couldn't find any specific dates 
So I took her, spoilers, execution date in 2012 and subtracted her age at the time of death, which was 65, and ended up with 1947. So, you know, those basic math skills were coming in hand. (laughs) After she graduated from high school, she married one of her classmates and they had three children together. After being married about six years, they moved to a residential area by the Abukuma River. She worked as a cosmetic sales clerk and her husband worked as a painter until he suffered from a back injury. He ended up quitting his job soon after that and began gambling. And this didn't end well because the family ended up falling into debt and they had to sell their brand new house. So after selling this new house, um, they moved to a new town. And then in 1992, her husband, quote unquote, disappeared. Um, It doesn't really give much context to that, but it's later speculated in articles that he was never heard from again and that it's thought that she had something to do with his disappearance, but they were never able to confirm anything. In 1992 is also when she started leaning into her budding guru career. She began going to different religious ceremonies and kind of just prophesizing to people and advertising herself as this healer. Um, She actually started to develop a pretty large following and would hold these gatherings uh, or services. I'm not really sure what they should be called, but basically these pre-cult meetings at different public locations. She'd have these meetings on the weekends and people would literally fill the streets with their cars to listen to her. Um, She was turning into a pretty big deal. It seemed like a lot of people who came to her with ailments were told about the magic of hypnosis or practicing meditation, which don't get me wrong, I know that there are definite benefits for both, but you know, maybe for medical stuff, get a second opinion from a licensed healthcare professional in the appropriate field too, and not someone who may have just murdered her husband. But moving along. Anyway, people claimed that she had curative powers and she started to advertise herself as a new god. So, so far, meditation and hypnosis aren't such terrible commandments from the so-called new god, right? But oh, if only that's where it ended. Now, for the more extreme cases, like changing negative behavior or addressing impurities or that classic fear of demon possession, there was a more drastic treatment prescribed. Severe beatings carried out with what were basically drumsticks called the taiko um, in order to dispel these behaviors, which were described as just being demons. It was all demons. Demons were everywhere all the time. And anyone who came and had any kind of like negative behavior or fits or anything was assumed to have some sort of demon possession. So for some reason, Edo's influence continued to grow and she moved onto a property with several of her followers. Now, when she did this, more and more ceremonies began to be conducted with the assistance of one of Edo's daughters, who was 30 years old, and another accomplice. People would show up to this house, and they would go in for this prescribed treatment, which was basically beating with the drumsticks. One ceremony took place when Edo suspected a woman of trying to steal her lover. 
she began accusing this woman of displaying more and more demon-like behavior, and eventually this woman was beaten to death during one of these ceremonies. Another victim of Edo's was a man who refused to give her a loan. He was another one of her followers who, after having this rejection or rejecting her request for money, was then told he needed to undergo an exorcism via being beaten and died following his injuries. So like I said, a lot of the people who ended up having to be forced through these ceremonies were people that Edo didn't agree with or who questioned her authority or who refused to lend her money. Everything came to a head when the father of one of the cult members called the police and filed a missing persons report on his son and his family. This cult member is only referred to in articles as X that I was able to find, so that's what I'm going to refer to them as because, like I said, I had to do some serious translating here and that didn't really lend itself to the name. The names. Eventually, they were able to find the location of X, X's wife, and X's child because apparently X's child had been hospitalized after being forced to go through one of these ceremonies. So, obviously, this led to a police investigation, and they went to the house where all this took place. It was then that the bodies of six people were found. There were two men and four women, and this part is kind of gross, so just a heads up, but apparently the bodies were in such a state of decomposition that they were actually mummifying themselves from where they were being stored in closets and random cots in the basement. Ugh, gross. Five people were arrested at the house, and when questioned about the bodies, one man said that even though the bodies were dead, the soul was not, and so they left it alone. So apparently what this means is, from what I've been able to understand, one of the cult's philosophies was that the bodies would be revived after the process of decomposition, when it no longer smelled. And I was trying to make sense of that, but that's the closest I can get to it. Um... So, I guess that's a belief that this cult was a part of. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the names of the victims in any of the articles that I found, but I was able to find ages and descriptions. So, found in the house of one Sachiko Eto were a wife of one of the cult members, a 56-year-old man, a 48-year-old woman, Eto's daughter at 19 years old, a 43-year-old man, another 56-year-old man who used to work in the city, and a 27-year-old former clerk from the city who had apparently gone missing in May and was described as his family as having lost his way. So these bodies were found on July 6th, and on September 18th, Edo was charged with murder. Um, originally, she had been charged in August, not for murder, but for lethal injury. But then in September, that changed to murder. And then in March, um, she was... Okay, so in March, she had been in imprisonment for three years, and her she was given the death penalty, and her execution was suspended for five years. Um, now, this was apparently for a psychiatric examination, and on May 10th, 2002, 
the district court president and judge said that it is not a religious act to kill one believer after another in a self-centered manner to suit your own needs. So they ruled that it was not any sort of, like there wasn't any reason to repeal the death penalty, basically. Now, three other of Edo's followers, which were her daughter and the two other accomplices, I guess there was two more, um, received prison terms ranging from 18 years and life in prisons for the deaths of the six people at the house. Um, Edo herself ended up being convicted on four counts of mother murder and two counts of assault resulting in death. She was actually hanged on a Thursday in 2012 in the Sendai Detention Center. Um, Sachiko Eto was the first female in Japan to be executed in more than 15 years. Now, and this brought up a really interesting point that I didn't actually know about, but apparently in Japan, um, it is one of the few industrialized countries that has capital punishment. Um, and even though this is something that's actually supported by the Japanese population, according to most polls, um, it's something that Amnesty International has really fought against Japan with, um, mostly because it seems like there's a lack of transparency with executions there. So they are oftentimes held in secret and relatives aren't informed until afterwards. And oftentimes the inmates themselves don't know when their execution don't know when their execution date is. So they basically are kept in this prison with not without knowing if any of one of their days is going to be their last. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to talk about the death penalty or, you know, that kind of high serious topic here. Um, obviously, everyone has their own opinion on that. But I know that in Japan, you only really get the death penalty if you have a extremely heinous murder or crime that you've committed or if you have multiple murders that you are convicted for. Executions in Japan are by hanging, and um, they are usually, like, prisoners are given notice, sometimes within a few hours, or some are given no warning at all until they step into the execution chamber. And that is the absolute whirlwind of a story of Sachiko Eto, the drumstick killer, and the Japanese cult leader. <laughs> um, so, as actually one more interesting fact, she was actually only the fourth woman to ever be executed in Japan from the year 1950. So, that's another interesting fun fact. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I would love to know your opinions on it. Once again, thank you for bearing through all my pauses and misspoken words that I've said. I'm really looking forward to getting editing software again so you guys don't have to hear all that. But I would really love to know what you thought of this episode. Please let me know. Um, you can reach out to me at Frumius Reads on social media. So I am at Frumius Reads on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube. Um, or you can check out the podcast homepage at frumiusreads.com forward slash a-murderous-affair, where I post all podcast episodes and just kind of general updates on what's going on with the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Podbean, Libsyn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're basically everywhere. 
and stay up to date on when we post new episodes. But that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay spooky, friends, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.